When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the Marvel Stuff Podcast. We're like we do every single week. Uh, we have David on. I think that's what we do every week. It's it's without fail. He's been on every week. So David, Star Wars Stuff Podcast, we're glad to have you on. How are you doing? Great. How are you? Hey, we're doing good. Just like we are every week when you're on. Um, and of course, also on here every week is my co-host. Hey, Josh, Facebook, probably marginally more true, but no, no <laughs> less important. <laughs> Yeah, and I think Ron's going to join us at some point on. Uh, this is Black Panther week. We've got some fun stuff to discuss. And what we wanted to focus in on today is is sort of the the recasting and, and what it means for the movie, what it's meant for the MCU. Uh, and then we'll kind of talk about uh, Chadwick Boseman's death itself. It will kind of be part two of that discussion and, and what that means for the movie and like more of so our emotions. And then we'll, we'll sort of talk how it changed with his passing, what the movie could have been. Uh, there's been some, some articles out there about what it was going to be originally. So well, yeah, the original title was uh tale of two Kings, if I remember correctly. So it makes a lot of sense that the whole thing got shook up a little bit. I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so let's, let's just jump right into the conversation. The recasting in the MCU has been an interesting debate. There's been many reasons for it. It's happened in a multiple set of reasons. Um, but obviously the most two recent ones is Ron. How's it going, Ron? We're, we're just we're just kicking off our conversation, so you can go ahead and say hi to everyone before we begin. Hello, everybody. Ah, good. Look at that. So so professional, so charismatic. We are so glad that he's I on. can't remember the last time we had four hosts on one episode, but let's get it. <laughs> so good. Uh, yeah, but we've talked about all the different reasons we've recast, and obviously the, the last, well, it hasn't really been the last two decisions have been, do we recast T'Challa and do they recast Thunderbolt Ross? Uh, obviously, they went with a, a no and a yes on those two questions for for different reasons. But I, I'm curious to know why we think those decisions were made and how we feel about those decisions. But we'll start with the with the why. Uh, Josh, you can kick us off. Why do you think Thunderbolt gets replaced and T'Challa doesn't? Um, I... This this whole thing I was gonna break down in like a more in depth conversation, but it's kind of what we're doing here. Uh, essentially, it's just he became an icon for a community that hadn't had much of an icon before. So it's very important that they keep the integrity of that actor playing the character. But the thing is, I can see both sides. I'm personally of the opinion that it makes a lot of sense that they wouldn't recast Chala in the next Black Panther movie since Chadwick Boseman has passed away. But I could also understand that he's one of the most iconic African-American heroes in all of comic books. And that representation is also important. So getting someone else to play the character, uh, I don't know how far down the line or if there's a way that they could do that tastefully, but it, uh, I can, I can definitely see why there's uh there's even a debate there. And I guess you're, the reason for Thunderbolt, is that it's just who cares? Is that sort of what you're saying? Yeah, really a little bit. I mean, <laughs> Thunderbolt has been in uh, 
three, four MCU projects. Uh, he had, yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's four. And he was never, he was only a key player really in the Incredible Hulk. He had mostly cameos in the other projects. And no one identifies as like, oh man, I can't believe I get to see an old white guy portrayed on camera. Like this is unreal. So the fact that he's getting recast and they, they got, you know, an amazing actor to take his place. So can we really be all that upset about it? I do want to get to the other recastings once we're yeah, done with this conversation, but this is a one-to-one one. And I, I like the way uh, it done. Okay. Well, let me ask, let me ask you this. I'll ask David this question then. Did we need Thunderbolt Ross to be? We could have just not named the movie Thunderbolts and still got a team of, of this sort of misfits and just not had it be under his tutelage. Do we have to have him in the movies? Well, I think with Kevin Feige, he has had a plan for years and years and years, and I think that was part of the plan. And to bring in someone of the caliber of, I don't think we're necessarily. Uh, know for sure yet if Harrison Ford is going to play Thunderbolt Ross. I think that's like the big rumor. Do we know? I think it was I confirmed. Think it's, yeah, it's confirmed. It's confirmed. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, the opportunity to bring him in, but like I said, Feige's had a plan for everything so far. And I think that was a huge part of the plan. And the name of the new film is going to be Thunderbolts. And it's going to be kind of one of those important things to have that character in there. And who knows? I mean, we might get Red Hulk and everything yeah. that comes along with that. And um, it was a great opportunity to bring in Harrison Ford. That was actually uh, something one of our listeners, uh, we did a YouTube short about them. It maybe it being a good or bad thing. And someone had commented on it saying that they could have just introduced CGI red Hulk. They didn't necessarily have to do the recasting of uh, Thunderbolt at all. I don't necessarily agree with that, but it, it was a, you know, a pretty solid point in you I don't, I don't know. It, it's a really complicated situation because the MCU especially, because because recasting happens all the time in other movies. Like we've had James Bond for decades and he's been, you know, six different guys. It's, it's kind of like, when are we going to get to the point where that is going to be the accepted thing within the MCU? Even in the nineties Batman movies, like it was Michael Keaton, then Val Kilmer, then George Clooney and not a single person like cared really. They're just like, Hey, he's Batman. Batman wears the cowl. Let's keep it moving. Well, did anyone care that much when the Hulk got recast? I mean, no one really made a big deal about that. Or James Rohde. Yeah. yeah we're, let's, we're, let's, let's, we're, let's jump let's into those up. ones. Let's dump in, dump into the different ones, I think, because that's that's the question to ask. We didn't care before, but it seems like we would care now. I guess in, there's the question because of who Chadwick Boseman is. Is that why we would care? Um, because that's, no one cared about Rohde. I think it's, an, it's a good one to... Yeah, yeah, I definitely echo everything that Josh said. And it to me, it, it wouldn't feel right to just recast Chadwick Boseman as T'Challa that quickly on the next film. I think there's a, a bit of a sensitivity that needs to be taken with doing these franchises and just like just replace them that quick. I think Marvel really wanted to kind of honor his legacy. And like Josh said, he was a very big cultural pop culture icon and for him to suddenly pass the way he did from a tragic illness and just rewrite the entire thing. Kugler had to, had to basically rewrite from scratch is what I heard. So, and like uh, I, I told Josh earlier, I've, I've heard a couple things from the movie and it, it sounds like they did a great job with what they did. And um, I mean, it, it's just one of those things. It just, 
it also didn't feel right to me to just recast. I had a number of friends tell me, well, just get John David Washington to, to play T'Challa. I mean, but I mean, the, the impact that Black Panther had was just enormous. And I, I think it wouldn't do, it, it would be a little bit uh, insensitive, like I said, to to just simply just recast something, uh, a character of that caliber and of, of that much impact to uh, to culture and pop culture and I think it would just be kind of a misstep and just be wrong. All right, Ron, I'll ask you this then. Think of all the different decisions that MCU has made when it comes to recasting and think, try to think about the different reasonings for each one. Um, and if you need a little help, Josh probably has the answers for all the reasonings. Is there, uh, is there any particular decision you think that they've made well that they've, they've made poorly? Is there anything you're like, yeah, that was probably the wrong choice? Um, I, don't, I don't think so. Um, I think... As much as we we make fun of Hulk now, I think in Avengers One, everybody loved Mark Ruffalo, and sure. for the most part liked that decision. Not everybody, but a lot of people did. Um, and it seemed like there was some actor related issues, and you weren't going to not have the Hulk again, right? Um, you know, same thing with James Rhodey. Terrence Howard's paycheck was ridiculous, and nobody thought he was like the best part of Iron Man one by a long, long shot. Uh, even like they recast, um, red skull, which like you probably couldn't even tell that much. That, that one. Right. That, yeah. Right. I, I don't even count that one in the same right. universe. It, this is, is like, um, but it is. No, I, know. Um, I mean, it is interesting though. I don't think sometimes we talk about recasting Joey Bozeman is like a moral issue. I don't think it's a moral issue. Right. It's not like, Oh, it's wrong to recast somebody like morally. Right. It's, uh, I think it's more about how does it make us all feel? What do we think is going to help us heal the most? And so who knows what conversations were had with the family, with Chadwick himself, right? Uh, I mean, it's interesting to think, like, what if, so you know how we like Hulk and Wolverine and Spider-Man are some of the biggest characters in Marvel. What if Black Panther had been that level, right? Would he have been well, recast that's in the that thing, case? Ron. I, I don't well, know, maybe. I think it's that's like the thing, Ron. that weirdness think... of like, I think this version of Black Panther did go toe to toe with the I like as far as less, like the less staying power and less needed right. for the true and like it doesn't yeah, have the established history like that the... people were invested in. Yes, um, exactly. In terms of like impact on screen, just as high. But in terms of like history and comics, what they want to do with a character in a franchise, not as much. Um, right. It's almost like Black Panther is that weird middle ground of a big enough character that we feel like we have a personal connection, not just with the character, but also the actor as well. That's what happens in, in film. Um, and then also for whatever reason, felt like it was a character they could afford to not recast. Right. Um, so yeah, I think um, I feel like if they went the other direction, I don't know if I'd be like, that was wrong. Um, but I do feel like, I don't know, as an actor, it's gotta be hard to interact with somebody who is playing a character that somebody you knew passed away had played previously. Like that's not really position. Kind of morbid. Right. right. Yeah. It's a little, it's a little morbid. Right. Um, the other option we haven't talked about is the whole um, rise of Skywalker out. I was just um, going to bring that up when they recap, when they which, like did like um, uh, CGI Carrie Fisher. Yeah, in a yeah. Way. That to me is the worst option. I'm glad they didn't even, it sounds like consider that. Um, because I, I think that is almost as almost wrong when that happens, just because it's like, well, what's the point of an actor if you're just going to CGI him? Um, 
yeah this at least gives the actors an opportunity and the writer directors an opportunity to uh grieve. use the sequel as a way to grief right yep. uh if you recast Chadwick Boseman that is harder to do from a it just it would feel but, like a glaring issue if you pull up and then we just have another Black Panther everyone like it was a bigger impact than a lot of people give it, give it credit for so it, taking this one film to put that character to rest and you know if we need to get another Black Panther down the line that makes a lot of sense he's important why not bring him in but not that quickly um, I'll, I'll ask this then I'm gonna ask, I'll ask David because he is our Star Wars expert so so Brian brings up Carrie Fisher and he brings up this idea that it's sort of the sequel's job to give us the audience a chance to grieve the loss of someone that's important to us uh, and he, I mean, I don't mind the Carrie Fisher decision as much, even though I think it is a morally weird one, but it does lessen the impact of the grief a little bit. Do we think that that was needed for the Star Wars franchise? And do we think it's needed for Marvel that like we, as the audience grieve an actor who at this point has died a long time ago? Um, we've sort of, we've, if you wanted to grieve it, I guess you already could, but it's a weird decision. Yeah, I might be uh, uniquely qualified to talk about this since I do live, eat, sleep, drink Star Wars. Um, But the way that all kind of transpired was when Carrie Fisher passed away, of course, they had to do The Rise of Skywalker. She was going to factor very heavily. She's going to be one of the main characters of that last episode because it was Harrison Ford, then Mark Hamill, then Concentrate on Carrie Fisher on the last piece of that trilogy. So when that all happened... Todd Fisher, Carrie Fisher's brother, was like full steam ahead. You better not take Carrie out of this film. And it's like, okay, well, how are we going to have her in the film? And same thing with Billy Lord, her daughter. Her daughter was like, yes, I want her to still somehow, if you can do it, be a big part of the film. So they didn't really CGI her performance inside of... They didn't CGI her face, create facial expressions. They already had stuff on film. Um the very first uh, film for that trilogy before Harrison Ford broke his ankle, they shot an entirely different film up until Harrison Ford broke his ankle. So they had all this other stuff. So when they went on break, they came back, Lawrence Kasdan and JJ Abrams totally kind of redid the entire film and made it different. So they had like another film locked away. So they used that footage and they just kind of, Interesting. Dropped her into scenes. Built the movie around. Yeah, 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 essentially. Not the best example, but Grim of Tarkin's probably the better example, right? I'm I'm not talking about the moral. I just mean the actual decision, right? David's saying that Star Wars made that decision out of respect for her, but is that what's best for the film? Right. Well, they had the blessing of of her brother and her daughter, and they knew Carrie's wishes that she loved Star Wars. She wanted to be a part of it as much as she could. She always mentioned that it's it's hard for a woman past 40, 50, 60, mm-hmm. especially 60, to be in a blockbuster franchise like this and be on screen as much as she did. So they wanted to get her in. And of course, she befriended everyone that was a part of Disney-owned Star Wars. And they were all fond of her. And they really wanted her in it. Uh, for better or for worse, we got what we got in The Rise of yeah, Skywalker. So- I was all for casting one of her close friends in like Meryl Streep to play Queen Leia so or General Leia. So I was okay with that. But you know, in hindsight, I mean it would be kind of 
maybe odd weird. I we just don't know yeah. if she could kind of. There's not a playbook of, for this type of thing. It's like uh, what? Right, there's what, not a playbook. These, and not, these it's decade hopping franchises is it's like yeah this this is gonna start happening the longer the mcu is around the longer the star wars universe is around it's just no one's gonna live forever so uh, if we want these characters to persevere we need to make some exceptions so let, let me ask a more overarching sort of meta question to to take it into should they so we keep talking about how it would be weird to recast uh child, which I agree with. I do think it would be weird. I do have but uh does one that note affect... from Noah that you can do after this question. That's fine. I just want to make sure we got him in here too. Yeah. Go ahead. What what is their obligation to do what feels right in accordance to what is like actually the better film? David just talked about how they had to rewrite an entire Star Wars film to sort of fit the wishes of um the fans and of people. And for better or worse, I mean, some people like it, some people don't. Could that negatively impact Black Panther 2? Could that negatively impact other movies going forward? When you have to make these hard choices and you're you're not making the choice that is best for the film. Like, maybe there's a really good Black Panther 2 movie out there that was starring T'Challa that's never getting made now. And maybe, maybe this just doesn't run as well. Yeah, I mean, recasting... Uh, Terrence Howard with uh, Don Cheadle's one thing, but when you have the main actor of the new franchise that you're starting off with pass away unexpectedly, I just think that's just totally off the table. You're never going to make a movie good enough to make up for it. I think it's kind of well, how I feel not good enough. I mean, you you want to show. I mean, you want to show the respect. I, I think there's going to be a huge, huge part of this movie where they're going to basically honor Chadwick Boseman in honoring T'Challa in the movie. And I mean, it, it's going to be, and I think that's something that people are expecting. People are going to this movie wanting to mourn in a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ryan, and, you, uh, you definitely brought that up to me off, off camera that you think that's, it's an interesting part of the movie now. Cause it's how do you make the movie about grieving T'Challa in universe to where we grieve Chad with Bozeman outside of universe like, what is that dynamic? Is it more impactful? Is it less impactful? How do you create that moment? It's, it's an intense thing to figure out. Well, I think yeah. they showed it in the first trailer. The, when they're all dressed in white, I think that's the funeral scene where they're carrying his helmet. And then you yep. see the big, like, art on the wall of, of Chadwick Boseman, a.k.a. T'Challa. I mean, you're it, you're, you're, you're mourning the, the same two people the the person and the character so that's what they're doing is they're yeah. they're blending the two in within the universe and i think that was a pretty smart way to handle yeah. it Go ahead, Ron. yeah it's I it's, think the, it's the only call i think the question comes down i think to also what story do you as especially a writer and director want to tell right so in star wars i think the idea of not finishing leia's storyline especially as she's connected with kylo ren um and with Ray, I think would have felt very odd for everybody to just like, oh, Leia passed away off camera. That would have felt very strange. Did I love the way they did it? No, I think Meryl Streep playing Leia might have honored that character better in some ways. But but in terms of like the, do we just have the whole movie about grieving this character? I think it would have, it would not have fit think... the story they wanted to tell. And in this case, the director's gone on record and said that he originally wanted to tell a story about grief from the viewpoint of T'Challa mourning five years of not getting to lead Wakanda. So he's already thinking like, I want to tell a story about grief. Then Chadwick Boseman passes away. So for him, then he thinks, 
maybe he decides to not do the movie. He's talked about that as well. The decision to do the movie was a decision he still had to make. Um, but so then what do you do if you're still committed to telling a story about grief for whatever reason, wanting to tell that type of story? How do you do that and recast the actor? It feels weird to then what we're going to do a story about grief with this. But not grief, actor, the thing that everyone grief, wants just, to grieve. Yes, yeah. exactly. Um, and so I think part of it has to do with what's the story in your heart that you're like, oh, I could spend years committed to this. Um, and I think if I had to guess, a lot of people on board with it didn't think they had it in them to spend years of their life on a story where uh, T'Challa looks and feels different because that's what happens when you recast actors um, and where the characters all just pretend like everything's fine in that case. Uh, they probably just felt like they didn't have it in them to do it. And that to me is probably what it comes down to more than anything is like storytelling is not just what are you going to do and why it is also like, what do you have in you to tell? What's the story you have in you to tell? Um, and they probably just didn't think <laughs> they had it in them, which is fair. It's a an entirely fair thing. Um, and then at that point they figured, okay, we can use this um, as part of our story. Yeah, I mean, is yeah, there no. another instance like this in a film where this has kind of happened, where they kind of went this route of honoring the person? Paul Walker in the Fast and Furious franchise. They, he passed away, and then they had the brother kind of do like a CGI thing, and then they did a send-off for that character. I mean, not that I'm a big Fast and Furious guy, but they did do it in that franchise. Yeah, but they had a lot of scenes with Paul Walker physically in the movie, though, right? It filmed part of the movie already. Yeah. yeah, yeah that's that's a true. different situation. Um, yeah. I think... Uh, there's only one other, I don't, I can't think of any movies where this happened. Um, in the West well, Wing, there was a main character that passed away and it totally rewrote the ending for the entire cast. Or for I think the, TV shows are a different beast entirely. TV shows are different beasts. Those are longevity, um, but. But they, they like the entire ending of that show, if you look it up, is probably different because of an actor passing yeah. away. I and think obviously, we blanket statement like um can't most movies in most cases like this where the actor dies they're just going to can the movie like that's just like what the natural progression would be if we weren't within this weird sprawling universe thing it would be a case of okay axe that right. movie let's do something new but because right, we're but within this, this franchise exactly yeah in this situation it was a it was a huge money maker huge culture impact and it's the star that passes away and you know there's going to be a sequel i mean I don't yeah, think, there's I don't, been I don't movies that made far less money that got four sequels, right? Right. Five sequels. So I yeah. remember, I remember the Fast and Furious thing, and I remember Star Wars, and I remember thinking going into the movie, I was going to be much more emotional about uh, the because I like, I really, I was a big Paul Walker fan, and then I really, obviously, I'm a huge Star Wars person, and I remember watching those movies and not feeling nearly as sad as I thought I was going. I did not feel any sort of loss. Um, about General Leia, and I definitely thought I would, and I'm going back into this movie, Black Panther 2, and I'm thinking, in my mind, I assume I'm going to be very, very sad. But, I don't know, you guys have experience, if you guys remember these feelings, do you think, like, is it different because we've actually already grieved the loss of Chadwick Boseman, someone I don't actually know? I think it's a little different because the characters are going to be grieving with us, which is something we haven't quite experienced before, where it's both the actors playing those characters and the characters within the universe. It's it's this weird intertwining thing between, between reality and fiction, and it's going to, like, 
the way that we react is going to be, I think it's going to be a very human experience going to see this movie in theaters with a bunch of people like as amazing as like the applause happens when Mjolnir gets to Captain America, everyone loses their mind. I think it's going to be a very similar somber feeling when they first show the Chadwick Boseman mural or uh, have Shuri give a speech at the funeral. I don't know exactly what they're going to do, but it's going to, it's going to feel a lot different than what movies have felt recently. And I I think it's really going to pay off for them. And I I do love that they didn't just make it all about this. There's a whole nother storyline that's going to be interesting. That's going to advance the MCU even further with all the stuff with Namor. Like it's going to be cool. I'm really excited to see it. So it's not only I want to go here to grieve. I also want to go here to enjoy a really fantastic creation around some of these great characters by Coogler, who's, you know, he did a great job with the first one. Coach, you get emotional in movies still, correct? It's not like it's this is yeah. not the fact that you look at emotional movies, right? Like, yeah, I think everyone does. Plenty of emotional movies, yeah. yes. Right? I, I don't know. I think those other two cases are different because for me, when Leia passes away and rises Skywalker, I think that whole scene is just written so weirdly um, <laughs> that I didn't know how to how to feel. Um, and then Paul Walker is obviously a totally different example because uh, the act the character doesn't even doesn't pass away. Um, so at the end of the movie, the character gets right off into the sunset, and we get to go, "Yay, good for, good for." It's a happy conclusion that they right? get their audience. And then you're like, "They didn't go that route." Like, this one, I almost feel like people I know got more emotional from the song they wrote than like that yeah. scene itself. Right? See you again, yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, and so uh, those are different situations. I don't know. Um, I think I think you're gonna be emotional. I think go this. Ahead. Go ahead, Cody. I was going to ask you guys, going into this movie, what do you think is the more important thing to hit? The What Josh said, the uh, the rest of the movie, the plot, the the entertainment, or that element? Do you think, well, what, what do you feel for you personally going into this movie is the more important thing that they nail? That you come out of this feeling that you got to let go of, of T'Challa or... I'm looking forward to both, but there's also so many like rich characters still within Wakanda that we're going to get to explore even more in this movie and in uh, the future series and things along those lines. So I think that's going to be nail that right. Because I mean, we're already all sad and we, we can understand that that's what they're going to do in this movie. And I'm very excited to see it, but I'm not going to say like, Oh, I can't wait to go to the theater and cry for 20 minutes. Like that's not why I'm going <laughs> two hours, 41 minutes. No, yeah. I know. I know. I meant that I'm going to get all my crying out in 20 minutes though. David. Yeah. I'm efficient like that. Uh, I, I feel like I'm most looking forward to the entertainment aspect. I'm most curious about the grief side of things, but the reality is like, I didn't know Chava Bozeman personally. <laughs> and so fair point, I, can't, fair point. I can't sit there. I can't sit there and pretend like, Oh yeah. Like I need to have like a funeral. That's, that's the other movie, disconnect right? I think Ron. And we acknowledged it in the last episode. We can acknowledge it again in this one. We're a bunch of white dudes. We don't feel represented by Chadwick Boseman in the MCU. <laughs> we know he's great and we know he's important, but there's no way that we could, you know, feel the same feelings that uh, yeah. people that are sh- within that culture would be feeling toward this movie. So, and I'm sure they have different feelings, right? Depending on a variety of actors. I don't know if there's well, any actors. What do you say? No, that's actually a pretty solid transition because I, I Noah couldn't be here today, but he did send me a message about his feelings on this whole recasting thing, and I'm just going to read it verbatim. So, excuse me if I trip on one words, but he says, "I understand how impactful Chadwick was as T'Challa, but I also think that." is a reason to keep the character in the, in the MCU. He was the most recognizable superhero of color for young black men. And now he's gone. We have Sam's cap and Rhodey. Well, why should we lose one of the few 
doing a multi multiversal recasting would have been a safe dip if they had done it with like the Illuminati as an example he gave. You could have tested the waters, got feedback on the actor's performance without needing to lose the luggage legacy if you're worried about Chadwick's performance being sullied. And then you keep going here. Uh, I know it also was more of a community decision with Ryan and others not feeling comfortable recasting. Sadly, I understand that, but if we tie actors with roles like especially comics or long-running properties like James Bond or the young adult novel movies, uh, can their deaths stop a story from being told to the best of their abilities? So some of the same sentiments we already kind of hit on there, but that was uh, verbatim what Noah had to say about the uh, conversation. And I actually agree with them. If they if they, they could have done something with the Illuminati, like had a different Black Panther <laughs> and see if people were the mad The problem about- is the production time. It, it didn't work. No, yeah, yeah. It, yeah I mean, they, we're, we're talking retroactively, but it could have been an interesting way to do it. Yeah. yeah. So in that case, there's the there's the who he represents argument against and for recasting. Right. You can take yep. that idea, that motivation, and still take it two wildly different directions. I agree <laughs> with David's David's earlier sentiment that it, at least for a movie, at least for like that first window of time. You just can't do it. And I think, to Josh's point, because there's so many other rich characters, um, I think there's a really good chance that we walk out of this movie, and I, I personally expect we're going to leave this movie going. Like, Shuri is a huge, huge cultural yep. impact. People are going to, like, really, really uh, bond around that character in a way that's I doesn't replace him, but it, it, it fills a role... I mentioned it in a previous episode. That's what I'm probably most excited about within this movie is seeing how that actress is going to play the character who was the fun loving quippy younger sibling. And now she's going to be not only mourning, but taking on a more uh, advanced role within Wakanda and things along those lines. Like this is going to be the one of the most jarring character adjustments I think we've seen so far within this uh, universe here. Right on. All right, well, this is our last uh, episode that we're really going to get a chance to preview Black Panther 2 before it comes out, get any sort of predictions or anything going on. David, is there anything in this movie coming up that you just, like, you're really excited about? And, like, whether it's you're a huge Namor fan, you just want to see someone come back, there's a story beat you're excited to see play out, anything like that? Yeah, I'm, I'm really uh, interested to see how Namor plays out in this film. Uh, I know they went the whole route of changing from Atlantis to Talokan. And kind of having that kind of all kind of Mesoamerican feel to a uh, different culture, which is uh, a lot closer That's to cool. my. I culture. love the Aztec thing they're jumping into because yeah. it's kind of like it's an offshoot of Aztec, and I'm really excited for that. That's gonna yeah, be it's really cool. And I I first saw that actor that plays Namor in uh, Narcos, <clears throat> and I was like, "Who's this guy, man? This guy's like knocking out of the park." I'd never heard of him before, but his acting was terrific. Um, so yeah, he's casting it, um, and. A lot of the rumors that were circulating for months and months and months were that we were going to get, and I think they've been officially debunked by a lot of people, but maybe some type of like Doctor Doom connection and either in the story or post. I would not be surprised if something, because we're, I think the the mutants are the red herring within the MCU right now. And the real <laughs> big reveal is going to be Doctor Doom. And <laughs> no one's going to like really be expecting because we already got a little sprinkle in Moon Knight. That was our only yeah. like, mm, who's that thing so far? And I think that's going to be a huge reveal when it happens. Ron, what's yeah, the yeah, element yeah. of this movie? You're excited. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm excited for seeing how all of the characters change 
with T'Challa's absence. And so if you think about the main characters, at least as we're going off of the poster, um, right, we've got Okeo, Nakia, and Shuri, Ramanda, Umbaku, right? Uh, you've got a rival turned alley, a mom, a sister, a lover, and a lieutenant, right? Shakespeare. It's all Shakespeare. Like, <laughs> what is losing one person in that type of a duo in all five of those relationships um, due to them as individuals? And then what does that do to a nation that they're all helping run? Um, That's good point. That's going to be really cool. I think it's really interesting. It's one of the things I love about the first movie I expect, especially given having Namor, we're going to get just as much cool um, kind of intrigue uh, in this one. Um, I'm looking forward. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to to that, I think. Maybe more than anything else, because that was my favorite part of the first film. I like that, Ron. That's a good one. What about That's you, Coach? Oh, well, you want me to yeah, go? I kind of um, already, I did my Shuri thing. I mean, I could talk about more and more things I'm really excited for, but you're the, you know, you're the moderator here. You should get to say something. <laughs> well, I'm excited about the same thing I'm always excited about. The the worlds that we're going to see. I'm really excited to see. I think Dave brings up a good point. It's it's really smart decision to not be Atlantis. Atlantis, because be, they already did it in not Aquaman. Not the DC thing. Uh, I think that's really cool. I don't actually care about it anymore, and I'm not interested in him at all. But I'm excited for the idea that this is a big, long, epic movie. It's going to have long-form storytelling in a way that a lot of these MCU movies don't have. And obviously characters are the best part of any movie. So it's it's sort of more Ron's answer than anything, but I do want to see the world. Better. I want to see the budget they got for this movie, man. When the first one made a billion dollars, you know they like bet the farm on this sequel, man. Like there's there's going to be a lot of stuff that we're going to be really impressed to see, and, and you know it, it's going to be awesome. And production of Ironheart too. Yeah, yeah, right. we yeah we didn't even talk about that, even though like that's been confirmed. Like that's a whole nother. We're they're really building this Young Avengers across the MCU right now. So just another addition to that. Hers is a little confusing to me, just because Iron Man's so in, intertwined with her actual origin, but we no longer have Iron Man. So it's, I, don't, I don't really know how they're going to handle that. But it's going to be awesome, I'm sure. I bet it's going to be awesome. I bet it'll be really cool. They always seem to be. Does this movie? I mean, to me, this feels like the biggest thing since. Spider-Man. Uh, Spider-Man. Spider-Man, yeah. Yep. And that was big for its own unique reason. This one feels the most authentically MCU and big since, since Avengers. That's Does that make sense? Uh, yes. Yep. I agree. This Good. is the wrap for this phase, right? Yes. This, this is uh, it. So. Guardians, Guardians holiday specials. That's not part of this phase. Shut up. Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't count. And it looks good. For the, I think it looks That does fun. look good. Yeah, we, we didn't even talk about uh, that. That looks great. That, I think that'll good. feel like a wrap on phase four the same way that Far From Home felt like a wrap on phase three. It's like a tag on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And phase four or how good. Black yeah. Widow was a tag on for Endgame years later. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm right. saying like Endgame wasn't the phase three effectively was i think effectively the end of this phase right like would have effectively sucked uh just saying <laughs> all right before before we get off then let's do what we do every time before a big movie comes out obviously you guys know that we know kevin uh personally oh, shoot. it was unfortunately revealed to you guys that Kev- that's why i didn't tell you to do it as unfortunately revealed to you guys to tell you that kevin's a robot which we knew obviously because we we did uh, know, confirm we, that we prior knew that to, personally yeah. 
and we get to chat with that. His English was too perfect in all our contact. I'm like, this guy isn't real. (laughs) Perfect grammar. It didn't make any sense. But it does mean we have perfect insight to this movie. We know everything and everyone who's going to show up. I hacked K-E-V-I-N, actually. (laughs) That's how I got my info. We're each going to give you one thing that is 100% for a fact going to be in this movie. Stone Cold Lock. Uh, you could take the bank. This will be in the movie, except obviously it won't be. Funny you mentioned uh, Stone Cold. No, I won't do that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's really funny. I love seeing all the faces around just trying to think of exactly what they already know because it's already a fact of life. And Ron looks like he's ready. He wants to tell us what he knows is in this movie. <laughs> you know, I think Kevin decided after Sean. Well, you don't Chi, think you know. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. No, I'm, no, I'm saying and here's the reasoning behind why. Decision. Oh, they got gotcha, Kevin gotcha. decided, I think, after Shang-Chi, you know what? One dragon's not enough. We need another dragon. You know, mm-hmm. cash into that, that house, house of dragon, dragon money, right? So I height. think I think we're gonna get a water dragon. It's just gonna be under the ocean. It's not that makes explained. a lot of sense when you put it that way. Um, and 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 uh that's that is that is what is in this movie is a water dragon and i think that is the reason why why the dragon um is in the movie listen guys what the info that i got it was recently ruined because the the person that it pertains to is no longer associated with panthers see they actually filmed a christian mccaffrey cameo for the black ah, panther from the carolina panthers but unfortunately he was traded to the 49ers directly yeah. before the movie came out but he's still that, be that in the trade movie. is in the movie that trade <laughs> He actually scene. switches to Namor's side. Oh, he got traded that's, right there. That's, that's a sports is. reference, and so I just watched that scene and I went, know. that was interesting. <laughs> yep, so Christian McCaffrey confirmed he's going to be in Wakanda, one of, like, four white people in this movie, and it's uh, it's going to be awesome. Hope you guys are excited. That's super funny. That's super funny. David, what do you got for me? Uh, I don't got anything. I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> David doesn't know. He's more plugged in. The star- he's got plugged in on the Star Wars side of the world. I'll tell you right, what give us I a spoiler know. for the next spoiler. Yeah, spoiler yeah, for the that's next right. Star you tell Wars me film. exactly yeah, yeah. what the next Star yeah. Wars film. When is Star Wars Episode um, Ten coming out? <laughs> tell us about Star Wars Episode Ten. Episode Ten is going to drop next decade. Yeah, good. if not 2027. Okay. Yep. There you go. Starring Richard Colin Weaver, uh, <laughs> as he is in all things. Yeah. So what I know about this movie, and it's it's an interesting because because Ron brings up the dragon, and it, it reminded me exactly what is in this movie. Mm-hmm, There's mm-hmm. going to be these weird little 27s all over the place. And you're not, it's going to be very subtle and you're not going to know. going to be a Jim Carrey reference. And then you're going to get to the end of the movie. And you're gonna, you, no, this is what I'm saying. You're going to get oh, to the God, end of the sorry. movie and it never explains what's going on. We're, I have no idea. I still, to this, I, they, I tried to ask Kevin what's going on with the weird numbers, but it's everywhere. You see it all over the place. It's just going to be, it's just there to be a mystery that we never solve, I think. It's sort or of it's prediction. a tease that the next appearance of the Black Panther is going to be 2027. It could be, it could, or the 27th Black Panther movie. Or, mm, there's actually 27 20, dragons that all just are not on screen at the same time. That could be it. That, I just don't realize one. it. I have my it's doubt. a weird it's a weird reference because I from as long as I know it never gets uh, answered the question but I just love the idea that there's there's an infinitely never answered question I wish I like it. movies were more we like we have a couple games. of those though you know within the MCU we never got answers on a few things 
Who cares? Yeah, well, why is that fly on screen for four minutes? Because uh, Mephisto was confirmed, and now they're going to retroactively film Sasha Baron Cohen, like we already talked about. And he's going to be the fly. That'd be one. awesome. I know. It'd be the best. It would justify this podcast and its brilliance, because that's where we started. That was our start, guys. <laughs> we started with the fly on the blinds. Go check it out. We called it way early. They're going to retroactively do it. I'm telling you right now. That's all We've never made a prediction that's been wrong. Uh, it just hasn't been proven right yet, I think is how I would describe it. I think my personal favorite is when I said uh, Jeremy Irons is going to be playing just Scar within right. Doctor Strange, in, but only as a human. So it would have been a real weird thing. But that was a good one. It that happened. Was, in case you guys it didn't did happen. Know. If you guys haven't seen Multiverse of Madness, or you haven't seen that scene, then you did not watch the director's cut. Um <laughs> So jokes on you guys. All right. Well, this is a ton of fun. I'm excited for Black Panther 2. I think this is going to be a fun. Hope you guys are enjoying Black Panther week. We're really excited. I think we're all pumped to watch the movie. I can't express how much annoyance I have that I can't watch it till Friday. But release the Rammy cut. Sometimes. Release <laughs> the, the Rammy cut. Yep. <laughs> yes, I'm going to see it on uh, IMAX 3 p.m. on Wednesday. Oh, Wednesday. He's going to be there early. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm catching it on Thursday. Or Thursday. It's Thursday. I don't know. Friend. Did you invite me? If it's Wednesday, I'm going to be annoyed that I'm not there. No, it's definitely Thursday. Because 11 11 is Friday, but I'm going to see it on 11 10. David's like, I need to reschedule my entire life right now, but that's okay. I, I actually have some friends watching it right now. All right. Nah. Are they going to live tweet it and go at Marvel stuff? No, don't actually do that. We, uh, we don't want any spoilers. No spoilers. All right. Cool. All right. Uh, we're doing a comic book club tomorrow, me and Noah. It's going to be sweet. Uh, the Christopher Pierce run on Black Panther. It's going to be legendary. It's 400 pages because Noah decided he hated us and wanted to take all of our free time. So I was like, cool. <laughs> I <laughs> always look forward to the comic book before the movies, even though they're, they're never really that connected. They're still just fun to, mm-hmm. to hear. Yeah, they're great. Story time. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for joining and have a ton of fun, but not too much fun. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and... 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey guys, in case it wasn't obvious, we here at Marvel Stuff and the Gotham City Rogues podcast do not own any of the IP we talk about. We're just fans having a good time talking about the things we love.